It really called into question the current model of a lot of Spanish TV. So they're starting at the gutter. La Portada podcast with Simon Hunter and Lily Mayers. We are here to read all of the Spanish news so that you don't have to. It's crazy. I've just been watching the Spanish media ecosystem fall apart at the seams. Just delete me talking about my wife. Yeah. I just want to talk about the, all the optics. Let's talk the drama, let's talk the drama. <laughs> my apologies to any drunk Brits out there who may have been offended. Our Twitter thread is cursed. I mean, yeah, go back and listen to our coverage last no, no, week. Don't, don't. <laughs> ¿Listos? Sí. Vamos allá. Buenos días, buenas tardes y buenas noches whenever and wherever you are listening. You are most welcome to La Portada, which is coming to you live on tape from Madrid. My name is Simon Hunter. I'm a British journalist based in Madrid and I'm here with my co-host, Lily Mayers, an Australian journalist also living in the Spanish capital. And we are here talking to you direct into your ears because we love Spain and we want to bring you the best stories, news and interviews from this fantastic country. We take a deep dive into all the Spanish news so that you don't have to. Welcome back, Lily. What's your news Thank this week? You. Uh, not a huge amount of news this week. I did start Sevillana classes Ooh. earlier this week, which is a type of flamenco. So you're going to give us a twirl. Uh, <laughs> no, at this stage, it's just me tripping over my feet. I'm hoping by next April that I'll be ready for the feria. Oh, nice. Is that the plan? You're going to yeah. go down to the Feria de Sevilla, yeah? Yeah, that's down right. Down to Seville. That's the Very big one. Nice. Well, I've been completely descolocado this week by having a, a fiesta right in the middle of the week. Yeah, we should throw. be talking more about that later on. I spent it with my in-laws eating way too much food. And I also, at the end of the meal, when I was trying to help my son with his iPad, I managed to throw a whole glass of carver in my own face, which was very, very unpleasant. And now I understand why the Formula One drivers do that wiping their Did eyes it thing. Sting? Yeah, it really stings. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, well, much more than you would expect. Uh, did your in-laws enjoy that? Yeah, no, everyone did. In fact, Ross had just started taking pictures of me rather than helping me. And everyone yeah. was like, oh, well, help him, help him. And Ross was like, my wife was like, Simon would be doing exactly this yeah, if it was someone true. else. That's true. Uh, you, you're the English jester. <laughs> exactly. But without any further ado, first we must say a massive thank you to all of our patrons. We have created a Patreon page so that if you want to, you can support our podcast we are not asking for much just the price of a relaxing cup of cafe con leche in plaza mayor for me and lily so if you can spare some change which does make me sound like a homeless person please <laughs> head, please head to patreon.com forward slash la portada pod to support us we'll include the link in our twitter thread of course so you can go to the page very easy you just sign up and you basically pledge to give us some dosh every month uh, if you do sign up you'll get the podcast early on friday Friday rather than Sunday and you will also get extra content last week I told the story of how I lost 11,000 euros by going on the telly still not over it mm. and this week we take up one of our listeners requests and do a deep dive into Spanish newspapers and online dailies with Spanish media consultant Adrian Bono I really recommend you have a listen to that extra content, especially as I go into a, a little bit of a rant at the end about what happened at the other place, a.k.a. the English edition of El País. Still not over it. So thanks to our patrons, Randy, Christopher, Jose, Jason, Benji, Kathleen, Alexander, Michael, Mike, Kevin, Dominique, Chris, Ian, Kevin. We really appreciate the support. I'm still waiting for my parents to sign up, by the way. I'm sure that will be anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, So yeah, do go down there 
there get on the page sign up and become a patron all right so this week we will be trying to unpick the notoriously tricky situation that is the ongoing deadlock in the highest echelons of spain's judicial system i can guarantee this is the stay with us yeah (laughs) this is the toughest story that we have ever tried to explain i also interview actress singer and satirist nikki garcia about going viral as the voice of Spain's Google Maps, and I also quiz her on the age-old debate about the quality, or otherwise, of Spanish dubbing of TV and films. But first, this week saw the yearly military parade for Spain's National Day, the Doce de Octubre. This event, which brings together politicians, the royal family, and other notable members of Spanish society, nearly always seems to end up with some kind of controversy, and this year was no exception. Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez was jeered and whistled at by the crowds and actually kept the king waiting. There was a notable absence from Spain's judiciary and the lone parachutist who flies into the parade got caught up in his own massive Spanish flag. (laughs) So Lily, give us the full rundown on what happened this Wednesday in Madrid's Castellana Boulevard. Well, before we get into the politics of the parade, which, as you say, inevitably unfolded, here were some of my favourite moments. I have to start with the goat of the Spanish I knew you were going to start with the goat. I knew you were going to start <laughs> with the goat. How could I not? The goat was so adorable. <laughs> so for those who didn't see it and aren't down with military traditions... <laughs> or goats. Or goats. It's normal in Spain for a baby goat to lead the Spanish legion, the military unit through parades or during parades the goat is the unit's mascot and so they dress it up in a little legion flag coat with a matching hat and socks it's it's, and i just think it's very cute for a squad of mercenaries i mean like is it not a bit um i don't know does it does it demean them a bit i mean they're supposed to be the best you know fighters that go into the war zones and, and they're notorious for being lethal, you know, and, and they've got this little baby goat that they've gone on a lead. But you have seen the Legion's uniforms, haven't you? I mean, they don't need a goat to look any more... Well, it's brave. Amusing. They're, I mean, they're running into war with... <laughs> with a but, goat. With, like, two buttons done up and the rest exposed chest. I think, sorry, I think they're trying to say that they're the goat... Ah, oh, the greatest of all time. Yeah, greatest of all time. You think this is a hip-hop reference? <laughs> Possibly. So that was my favourite moment, learning about the, the goat. There was another great animal moment when a German shepherd named Cleo was driven through the parade, balanced on a sort of platform on the bonnet of a national police car. Uh, it's just, why? Again. Um Essential for the combat zone. Obviously. Um, And, like, also, who built that stage to go, you know, commissioning that? It's like, we need a stage for a dog to sit on the car. Don't ask why. Um, But onto the parade itself, it was... Yeah, away from the animals. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) So to the parade itself, it was the first one at sort of full capacity since COVID. Last year, it was put on, but to a lesser degree. Mm. So if I had to sum it up for someone who hadn't seen it, I would say there was lots of planes and flags, (laughs) lots of little hats and uniforms. (laughs) It was a pretty impressive display of soft power, Uh, 4,000 soldiers, 150 vehicles and 84 aircrafts. Um, 
Watching the parade, it made me think, why? Why do they do this? <laughs> but the government says it's intended to celebrate the armed forces, the history of Spain and commitment to its future. I think, really, it's just a convenient show of force and power and especially useful this year given the Allied forces' current position with the war in Ukraine. And, I mean, tell me this, helpful or maybe counterintuitive as the government continues to argue that record defence spending's needed mm. while simultaneously showing how much they've got. So, uh, you know, that confused me a little bit. But now the day wasn't without its scandal. As you say, Pedro Sanchez, the Spanish Prime Minister, was about one to two minutes late maximum mm. uh, to the parade. And because of royal protocol, it meant the king and the queen needed to stay inside their car and wait until he arrived before they could get out so he could be the first to greet them. As the PM walked to his position, whether as a result of his lateness or just the opinion of the crowd near him, he was booed and whistled at. And that was Wednesday's headline. Then on Thursday, after all the national fiesta celebrations had completed, the theatrics continued in Congress when the Vox party purposely arrived late, interrupting the Prime Minister's speech and causing a bit of a, you know, stunt. I'm not sure. I mean, good one, Vox. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Like, what a farce the Congress is sometimes. It was just one of those days, I think, that felt like uh, this is a political stage rather than high office trying to work for the people. Did you have that feeling? Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, it was a complete stunt. It was interesting, actually, because Alberto Núñez Fejo, the leader of the popular party, the main opposition popular party, he very much dismissed this whole thing about the delay of Sanchez arriving at the... uh, Uh, or keeping the king waiting and the king was kept waiting in his car I mean and also and interestingly Sanchez you know confirmed or said to journalists uh, during the reception after the parade that he certainly hadn't done it on you know done it on purpose left when he was told to yeah he sort of he said it was just you know it was just the way it it, the timing worked out but you gotta kind of wonder whether you know he was trying to avoid those boos and whistles and jeers which is just whenever there's a socialist party prime minister that this happens at the uh at the military parade it's been a long-standing thing and it's not just something that's happened to um sanchez but yeah the uh the 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 vox stunt so basically the the idea was oh you know sanchez kept the king waiting so we're going to keep him waiting and they made this big theatrical entrance once sanchez was already talking in the congress but this had kind of unintended consequences because all all the news stories and and this actually started trending on Twitter, all the news stories were talking about diputados retrasados, which literally means the late arriving deputies, but retrasado can also be used as an offensive word. It's the equivalent in English would be retarded. So apologies for using that word because I know it's offensive, but I didn't need to say it to explain the joke. So everyone was talking about retarded Vox deputies. Oh, no. <laughs> exactly. And they did come off looking, I mean, pretty silly. Uh, but uh, yeah. Vox leader Santiago Abascal was completely scandalised by this and um, it made a really, really big thing about it. But going back to what you were saying about that, you know, the numbers of the... I mean, it would be a good day to attack Spain, wouldn't it? The yeah. day of the, the day of the, Get the us day in of the, the south. Yeah, well, exactly, everyone's, in, the everyone's in Madrid. But with the, um, I'll show you some videos. I'll share them on our Twitter feed. But the um, the planes all come over our, 
our building. Yeah, same. So and they do this. They do the, the rehearsals in the in the prior days. And if you don't remember what's going on, it's absolutely terrifying because all of us, it's just like, well, what's happened? Especially yeah. with what's going. You know, we've got a war on the on the you know doorstep of Europe at the moment in Ukraine, and it's pretty terrifying. And what happens is all the planes come from one direction, but then all the helicopters come from the other direction. And I was up there with my son the other day, and it it literally it looked like a scene from Apocalypse Now when mm. all the helicopters arrive. It's, it is yeah. it's pretty terrifying, but very exciting. Yes, if you like super that loud. Sort of, yeah, if you like that kind of stuff. But yeah, there's always something uh, at the um, at the Dothe de Octubre um, going way back. I remember that in 2003, there was a massive stink because the then leader of the Socialist Party, José Luis Rodríguez Zapatero, um, who obviously later became prime minister, he didn't stand up at the parade when the American flag went past because the um, Iraq war was going mm-hmm. on. It was a, it was a um, protest about the Iraq war. Um there was the parachutist who crashed into the lamppost in 2019. And this year, again, the parachutist looked like it was in some trouble. He couldn't unfurl that massive flag that he's supposed to um, drag behind him. There's a, there's a famous video from a couple of years ago of the uh, Legion dancing to Paquito el Chocolatero, which if anyone has ever been to a Spanish wedding, they'll know Paquito el Chocolatero um, very well, um, which caused a bit of a, a bit of a stir. And then there was a uh, former Spanish prime minister, Mariano Rajoy was caught on an open mic um, saying, oh, t- tomorrow I've got to go to the parade and it's a complete coñazo, which is like t- to say that it's a, it's a pain in the ass. So yeah, there's, there's always something going on. The regional premiers are supposed to be there, but obviously Catalan mm. regional premier, Peri Aragonés, was not there neither was the Basque Premier Inigo Orcullo because obviously those are regions that um, you know are not <laughs> not, very, not yeah not fans of standing in front of the um, Spanish flag mm. in fact speaking of that there was some a bit of argy-bargy up in Pamplona as well because there was someone out in a square with a Spanish flag draped around them on the on the 12th of October and obviously in the Basque country uh, sorry in Navarre uh, that did not go down very well um, so yeah there's a uh, and uh, Ayuso, speaking of flags, um, Isabel Diaz Ayuso, the uh, uh, regional premier of Madrid, she was there waving her flag um, as the soldiers went past in the parade. So obviously, uh, yeah, it was a kind of it was a, it was a time for everyone to show their colours. Um, and also, there was this soy facha video that started to go around just before October the twelfth. Um, this was released by some organisation called Neos España, and it's one of those sort of platforms that is, you know complaining about how I think it's one of those platforms that will probably say things like oh you can't say what you think anymore and that do you know what I mean and that and as white males we are being persecuted (laughs) and that kind of thing and they've released this video just in time for the October the 12th celebration called soy fatter which basically means I'm a fascist yeah and as a joke or is like a the gist of it is that you know oh if you like celebrating October the 12th you're a fascist. Right. If you hang a flag, it's ironic. You hang a flag outside your uh, flat, you're a fascist. And it's kind of, there's, there's. well, I'm not going to share on our Twitter feed the actual video, <laughs> but I will share the kind of joke response to it that came from a, I think from a Catalan TV station, which was just a bit kind of saying, well, no, no one's really saying that. Mm. But what we probably are saying is that if you're racist, anti-immigrant, intolerant nationalist then yeah you probably are a fatcher (laughs) i think i I think what what might be difficult for international listeners to get their heads around and what i certainly wasn't aware of before coming to spain is that the spanish flag in particular is quite a weighted uh, symbol here (laughs) and it doesn't always just mean national pride there are there are layers to it and nuances and some people do use it to represent 
fascist sort of ideologies and mm. some people use it just as pride of their country so yeah. from from an international point of view it is hard to get your head around like I remember before coming to Spain I had Spanish flags in my office and I had bulls everywhere <laughs> and because I was just proud to be Spanish you know mm. that my family's Spanish and then I came here and I was like maybe we should get a Spanish flag for the balcony because people seem to do that here to display their pride and I remember my friend saying hmm just pause before you do that because it, it means something different than you think and and it can mean a certain type of nationalism that isn't um positive so yeah there's parts of spain where you really don't want to go around waving a spanish flag but again i mean at these you know at the october the 12th um parade the other day there were people there with the pre-constitutional spanish flag with the black eagle on it which is obviously even more mm. of a loaded symbol because totally. that's from franco times and that, that, that was hard to misinterpret <laughs> yeah exactly that was another thing that the video was saying it was like you know if you go around saying times were better in the you know when franco was around then yeah you probably are a fatter yeah. uh so yeah missing from the parade was carlos lesmes uh he was missing as were other members of the cgpj legal watchdog because they were upset that their invitations had arrived late. So that brings us on to our next story. The most complicated story we will ever do on this uh, podcast, no doubt. And the ongoing deadlock in the Spanish legal system. Yes, well, between the National Day parties and traditions this week, a crisis has been unfolding in Spain that significance could be easily underrated. You'd be forgiven for glazing over this story this week. It's, it's a heavy <laughs> You'd be forgiven one. if you don't understand it either because we've spent uh, all morning trying to get <laughs> I mean, you can reread the articles millions of times and still not understand it. Carlos Lesmes, the president of the Supreme Court and the general counsel of the judiciary, the CGPJ, resigned this week in a decision he said he neither wanted nor liked. The reason behind his resignation revolves around a political standoff which is delaying the renewal of the body which oversees judges and courts in Spain. So, Simon, please help us understand why the government and opposition are disagreeing here and why is the government involved in the deciding of judges in Spain? All right, here we go. This is this is just so, so difficult and so complicated. So, yeah, as you said, Lily, the CGPJ is the General Counsel of the Judiciary. It's the legal watchdog. It has all sorts of uh, roles, including appointing judges. Um, and it's Carlos Lesmes who's the head of the Supreme Court and of the CGPJ who stepped down on Monday. He's trying to force the hand of the two main parties um, because basically his mandate expired four years ago. He was five years in the role. His mandate expired four years ago already. He said, remaining in the post from now on would only make me complicit in a situation I abhor and is unacceptable. Um, so this prompted Sanchez and Feijor, the leader of the PP, to meet in a bid to unblock the situation. They had a three-hour meeting on Monday. Right, what do they need to do? Well, they need to agree so that they can appoint new members of the CGPJ. Um, the CGPJ is made up of 20 members. It's 12 judges or magistrates and then eight lawyers or other jurists. And they are elected by Congress and the Senate. The problem is that 
in those votes, they require a three-fifths majority in the lower house of parliament, the Congress. And of course, that has proved impossible without the support of the popular party. As we all know, if you're not don't know this, you've not been paying attention. We have a coalition government currently in Spain led by the Socialist Party. Uh, the junior partner is leftist Unidas Podemos, but they don't have a working majority in Parliament. And by a working majority, I mean, you know, more than half of the seats, let alone a three fifths majority in Parliament, which obviously they are far from. There are also four vacant seats in the constitutional court at the moment, um, but filling those seats doesn't have really anything to do with the popular party. Uh, and instead, two of those seats are chosen by the government and then two directly by the CGPJ. Why has the PP been blocking this? Well, we've spoken on this podcast before about how the popular party, when it's in opposition, tends to oppose everything, even on matters of state, when you might argue that a responsible opposition would back the government, even if the government comes up with a policy that the PP had proposed just a couple of weeks before. The PP then does a, an about face and starts to oppose it. Their, their mode of opposition is always to oppose. In this case, there have been changing excuses. Um, but if I could sum it up with one phrase, it's just basically because they can't agree on uh, candidates for these roles due to their perceived political leanings. So obviously the PP would like for the, you know, as it happens in the United States, mm. uh, in the United States, the PP would like for the courts to be, um, you know, packed with conservative judges, whereas obviously the socialists would like more progressive judges. And that's really what it comes down to. As for the attempts to actually renew the um, the the CGPJ, um, the first attempt was back in 2018. There was a proposal with a majority of progress progressive members. So obviously that works in the favour of the socialists and the leftist parties. Um, but the conservative judge Manuel Marchena was proposed as the president. But Marchena stepped aside and came out of the running after a WhatsApp message was leaked from the PP spokesman in the Senate to other senators from his party. He was justifying the deal in the WhatsApp message because, in his words, the party would be able to control the second courtroom of the Supreme Court via the back door. So he was suggesting that Marchena would be pliable um, you know, for the, to, to the will of the popular party. Um, because of that, obviously being an honourable man, Martena quit because of the implication that he was a, a, a puppet of the... Mm. Yeah, exactly, a puppet of the PP. A second attempt came in the summer of 2020, but that came to nothing after King Juan Carlos I left Spain in disgrace because of his um, financial dealings and the uh, junior partner in the coalition government, Unidas Podemos, really harshly criticised uh, King Juan Carlos. And, and because of that, the PP used that as an excuse to demand that uh, Podemos be left out of all new negotiations to renew the CGPJ and insisted that it was just a, a, a PP PSOE. Uh, thing the PSOE being the Socialist Party, of course. Then March 2021, another attempt came to nothing because this time the PP refused the inclusion of one of the judges. Uh, so this 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 situation of complete stalemate has is still going on now. I mean that's you know a, a year and a half later, 
And there's not just domestic pressure to get this done now, but there's also pressure from Brussels. Um, the European Commission's justice spokesman, uh, who's a man called Christian Wigand, he said this week that Lesmes is quitting, reaffirms once again the urgency of finding a solution to the renewal of the council and also to uh, for a reform to the system for electing the members of the CGPJ. I really hope you're all with me so far. Um, Brussels wants a new method in Spain for electing members. Um, The PP wants a a new method as well. And the PP at one point, that was one of its demands. It wanted this new um, means of renewal to be um, brought into law at the same time as the actual renewal of the uh, of the members of the CGPJ, but it's uh, since dropped that. After the meeting of um, Fejo, the leader of the PP, and Sanchez, um, the, the Moncloa uh, presidential palace issued a, a statement saying that the meeting was positive and cordial, but said that the PP leader was very willing, but not very specific, and came along with no, no documentation. So he, he seems to have turned up um, empty-handed. Uh, Fejo has since said he's happy to do a quick deal if the CGPJ members don't have a political profile. And as I said, just now the PP has dropped its demand for a change to the system of just the judges um, choosing uh, the members at the same time as the renewal. In the meantime, what's the effect of this? Well, one of the effects is that the Constitutional Court is completely paralysed on some key rulings that it has to make on issues such as abortion. There has been a case in the Constitutional Court for years now since the abortion law was changed and the Constitutional Court is yet to rule on that plus euthanasia, which is a more recent law, but it is before the Constitutional Court. It has been challenged um, in the Constitutional Court, and there are cases uh, relating to education that the court needs to rule on. As for the paralysis in terms of the appointment of the new judges for the Constitutional Court, that is due to a group of eight rebel members of the CGPJ who were, surprise, surprise, appointed by the Popular Party back in the day. And that situation is so blocked that they have not even got so far as to propose candidates. So, in general, to sum up, (laughs) Lily's fallen asleep, Connor's nearly nodded off. In general, it's just a huge mess of a situation, the blame for which is being squarely uh, levelled at the PP and once again shows how hard Spanish political parties can find it to do deals. Well, let's thankfully move on to our interview and never speak of the CGPJ again. Hopefully we'll talk about it when it's uh, all sorted out. Now, Nikki Garcia is a singer, voice actor, Shetland pony enthusiast and the presenter of Spain's satirical news website El Mundo Today, which is the Spanish version of The Onion. Earlier this year, she went viral on social media thanks to one of her most famous jobs. She's the Spanish voice of Google Maps. I caught up with her last week to talk about her being a viral sensation, but also to get into the age-old debate about Spanish dubbing. Now, most Spaniards are big fans of Spanish dubbing, but for most foreigners in Spain, it's an unwelcome intrusion when watching film and TV. So let's hear that interview right now. (laughs) 
All right, well, regular listeners to this podcast will know that three of my favorite activities in life are doing voiceovers, making fun of the Spanish news, and being very silly on Twitter. So no wonder then that I am very, very excited to have with me today, live via Zoom, the woman described by Hello Magazine as a singer, songwriter, horse lover, and actress. She is Nikki Garcia who not only is one of the best voice actors in the Spanish business, but is also the face of satirical news website El Mundo Today. And she's one of the silliest people on Twitter that I know. So welcome to La Portada, Nikki. How are you? Thank you, Simon. Thank you for having me on your podcast. On your podcast, I'm just going to start again. I'm nervous now, see, because <laughs> all of nervous. that introduction that was too much. All right. So even if our English-speaking listeners may not know your name, uh, if they live in Spain, they are likely to have heard your voice. So um, mm-hmm. just give us a rundown of some of your more celebrated jobs. Some of your more—I'm thinking more the the voiceover stuff. Okay, I know what you're thinking about, but I'm just going to start by saying that if you've ever flown with Iberia, um, you might have heard me on on the uh, those videos. The onboard entertainment. The in-flight, yeah, in-flight, and yeah, that's the, those are the ones. Trains? Oh, trains, yeah. If you take the cercanías, not the metro, not the subway, but the cercanías, you might hear me there as well. Uh, if you've watched Aladdin in yes, Spanish, that was I'm, a big one. I played, yeah, Jasmine uh, in Spanish, though. That's doblaje. That's dubbing. That's yeah, but something that, was... that could be considered like a, a crime uh, <laughs> overseas. We'll but, come to that. We'll come to that. Yeah, I but know, also, I know we will. <laughs> but of course, that was a singing part as well. That was that was pretty. It was both. Was it was the dialogues and and the singing part, and that's something I really enjoyed because Disney is basically the reason why I got into this industry. Why I wanted to do this job because I was very when I was very little uh, my dad used to speak English to me at home and my mom spoke Spanish and they wanted me to watch uh, the movies that I used to watch all the time over and over again they wanted me to watch them in both languages yeah that was the starting point of everything because that's when I realized that the cartoon was the same but there was someone behind it in every country doing the voice in each language and I I found that uh, really interesting and I and I was fascinated by it and I thought hmm that's the kind of job I'd like to have so when I got to audition for for Aladdin and when I got the part uh, I I mean you can just imagine that Absolutely. was that was a dream come true from childhood that's that's amazing that's not something I thought would ever happen and then of course earlier this year you went viral on social oh, media. Oh, yeah, that's the one you wanted to talk about, <laughs> of course. Imitating then, the voice, well, not imitating the voice, doing the voice that you do for the Google Apps app. Mm-hmm. Sorry, for the Google Maps app in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Now, you've done a couple of these, and actually the one that went viral is good i mean it's hilarious but there's i actually i actually prefer because the one where you're arguing with yourself with the gps so let's listen to that one gira a la derecha hacia centro de transportes y mercancías 
Vale, ya estoy girando. Gira a la derecha hacia centro de transportes y mercancías. Luego utiliza el carril izquierdo para tomar la rampa en dirección M21. Me quieres dejar hablar, ya Utiliza estaba... el carril izquierdo para tomar la rampa en dirección M21. Eres muy mandona, me caes bastante Dentro mal. de 3 kilómetros toma la salida 2B hacia B de Rejas. Pero no me lo digas todo ahora, que ahora mismo no puedo girar a ningún sitio. Vaya genio, coño. That's just brilliant. I absolutely love that. Do you That's like my life. Do you like, hearing yourself, do you like hearing yourself back, by the way? I don't know. I usually wear it on mute. Right. I, I don't, yeah. Uh, so I guess I'm not exactly totally okay with it yeah <laughs> no i am now i am now it stopped being something shocking but it was something really shocking for the first few years uh yeah. especially because um not only everyone listens to it in the car i i found out that people listen to it um on the street right. while they're walking <laughs> this i did not expect you might hear yourself on the street as you're walking past But uh, but I get it gives me nice stories with people, you know, people, a lot of people contact me on social media or, you know, when they find out and they tell me beautiful things like I keep them company or I keep their parents company, you know, and that's 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 nice. That's very sweet. Well, we're listening to your I was listening to your sample, your, your samples on your on your website and you got like. You oh, got my God. Those are so old. No, I know. But I need it doesn't know. It doesn't matter because the point that I was going to make is that you're you've got such a you've got such a like different range. I mean, because your normal voice is, is, is really quite different from that Google voice. And obviously mm. we're listening to you speaking in English at the moment. Your, your English is amazing. Um <laughs> But the voice that really made me laugh in your samples was this one. It's probably to be it honest. It sounds so weird when you're not looking at the video. Say, it, when you can't see the image of the basically a load of Muppets, it's just you making some weird. <laughs> <laughs> that that child voice um, really makes me laugh and that kind of leads us into what I want to talk about now which is this kind of whole debate about dubbing all the time I've lived in Spain I think I've always had the same you know conversation about this that foreigners are kind of really not fans of the dubbing mm -hmm. uh, you know we watch TV we watch we watch Spanish TV we watch um, we watch Spanish film uh, and we kind of just like oh god because it It seems to be there's a style, shall we say, uh, and there it, is, yeah, yeah, and it's, it kind of seems to grate on on foreigners. <laughs> But Spaniards <laughs> always really love. Lo first of all, Spaniards really love it, and then they also defend it as being, you know, the best uh, among the best in the world. So now I know this is this is a really tricky question for you because obviously it's how you make you know some of your income. But I don't know. Let me give you a. Question: Do you feel that Spain would be a bit better off with a less dubbing on on film and TV? We probably would be better off if we had more options, but you already have those on television. So what I'm probably missing more is uh, more options on the theaters. You know, because the majority of them will show dubbed movies. Yeah. Um, you only have very few options to watch original version. Uh, 
Would Spanish people speak better English if we didn't have this dubbing industry? Maybe,、uh, probably. I don't know, and it's、uh, it's probably a process that is starting because because you say Spaniards love dubbed movies, and I have to say not not everyone does. <laughs> Definitely,、yeah. there's a there's a segment of the population, and it's getting bigger and bigger who's defending the original version, which I think is perfectly fine, and I understand, and I watch OV. All the time. Yeah, I think options are good. I think there's a lot of people that、um, are benefiting from from the dubbed version of a movie.、Uh, there's a lot of people who don't only watch or can't watch the film but listen to it.、Yeah. A lot of people do that because、mm-hmm. they basically、uh, they have no other option. There's a lot of people who can't really follow subtitles as easily as you and me, maybe. So it's a, for now, it's a service that is serving a lot of people,、mm. and、um, it will probably, you know, as society evolves and the world becomes more and more global, and the children grow up watching original version, it will get to a point where. This dubbing industry will get a little smaller, maybe, and you, you know,、uh, a lot more people will watch things in English or Polish or、yeah. or French. But for now, it's a service that is that is being used, and it, it's really useful for a lot of people. So, of course, I'm going to defend that.、Um, but still, I have to say, when people say that <laughs> the Spanish. <laughs> Dubbings are like the best in the world, or one of the best. It's not something that we say. It's、right. um, it's something we get. No, but it, this this really is true, and I'm talking from、uh, experience. We get a lot of compliments from from California and the the production companies when we deliver our work. I think I think the first time I ever I think the first time you came on my radar before I actually met you was、um, when you did the double、uh, hitis、um, yeah. video, which is <laughs> oh god. I know I'm sorry about I'm sorry to bring this up because I know this is going back a, a, a bit, but it's just so brilliant. No,、We、I、do. love it. I love it. And when did when was that? When was double hitis? It must have been seven years ago. Basically, the premise of double hitis is it's a, it's. A, Um, a voiceover artist who carries on doing the voice like after the microphone goes off. So let's just and it was kind of very much based on Friends as well, wasn't it? It was sort of very to do with Friends. So let's just hear Nikki and Double Hitis. Bueno, supongo que en el fondo todos cambiamos, ¿no crees? Yo diría que es algo así como un proceso de maduración. And if you've never heard it, let's just have a listen to what Rachel sounds like in Spanish Friends. Rachel. Now, you absolutely nailed that sort of that. It's that breathy voice. Now, me and my, me and my mate Juan Cook. I don't know if you know Juan, but we always call it the orgasmic voice. It's that. It's that just really. It's a little over, bit orgasmic. It is. It's just. It's that. And this is what I'm talking about. This is the, this is the sort of stuff that turns non non Spaniards off dubbing. Yeah,、I、but know, you absolutely nailed it. It's the specific tone of a、um, of that style. I mean. Not everybody does that all the time when they're dubbing. <laughs> only some people. Lot, I have、man. to say, I'm a I'm a huge fan of the people that dubbed. 
uh, the whole show, though, friends. Did you ever get any pushback? Did you ever get any reaction from your colleagues in the industry? Of oh, video? a lot. Yeah. A lot. You can only imagine. Yeah. Some people understood that I did that out of admiration. Yeah. Not. Not um, out of making fun. Not, yeah. yeah. Not mockery. I don't know. All right. Well, to wrap up, I wanted to ask you if you okay. if you've heard of Cameo. Have you heard of Cameo? I have. Yeah. You know what Cameo is, yeah? Yeah. So it's this basically yeah. it's this thing where you know people pay money to you know please to get to videos from their yeah yeah with a video or yeah. a voice clip or whatever. There is a gap in the market here. You need there to be. There is no off- way. No, excuse- I'm no doing listen. That. You I'm need sorry. to be offering voice clips from Google Maps from the Google Maps voice for fifty Definitely euros not. a pop. You know, I did that on during lockdown. A lot of people texted me on social media. <laughs> You're like, my daughter is obsessed with Jasmine and her songs. And could you? Pl- it's her birthday. Could you please send an? Brilliant. You know, like a well, little. Look- I'm glad you said you did it for free because I have. If you check your WhatsApp, I have just sent you a little text okay. that if you if you wouldn't mind, if you would be so kind, to do this little text in your Google Maps voice, please, because it will be going as my automatic answering machine on my. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll I'll do it a little bit more robotic you than do, it you, usually is. You're the professional. Because that's the fun. That's the fun thing. Okay. Has contactado con Simon Hunter. Él no está aquí ahora. Para encontrarle, gira a la izquierda. Toma la siguiente rotonda. Utiliza el carril izquierdo y toma la puerta de entrada del pub irlandés. Dirígete a la barra del pub. Invita a Simon a una pinta de Guinness. <laughs> absolutely How's that? that was amazing. I love yeah? it. You've absolutely Is made my day. That was amazing. Aww. Thank you so much, Nikki. I'm It's been super, it. super interesting to talk to you. I shall share for all our listeners all the stuff that we've been talking about today so they can um, check out your Twitter and your horses and your voiceovers and just <laughs> everything else. We'll find that. It's actually li- a very important part of my life. I know, That's no, I can see that. Guitar, playing yeah. the guitar with the horses, you know, it's just brilliant stuff. So thank you so much for your time. Take good care of yourself and hopefully we thank should speak you. again very soon. Okay, speak soon. All right, well, if you didn't get the Spanish in the message that she recorded me for me, she was basically saying, Simon's not here. Take this street, this roundabout, enter the Irish pub and buy Simon a pint of Guinness. I just, <laughs> oh man, I love that. It's so much. The trouble is no one calls you on your mobile phone anymore. So there's not much point in putting it in my... Just, just like... D- uh, like cancel calls as they come to force them yeah it's a force people i'm just gonna i'm gonna send it around to everyone's whatsapp because everyone i've showed that to it's <laughs> brilliant spanners. it's really how awesome and you'll have that forever now it doesn't matter you should put it on everything she, <laughs> not just your voicemail she's so annoyingly talented in everything she does man and she's totally missing a trick i can't believe that she doesn't want to do the messages the on cameo. cameo or something like that it's um i just always thought she It was a robot, I guess. I mean, well, I knew that there yeah. was voices that, like, they with take actresses her voice that do and then synthesize it. Yeah, But, right. They do synthesize it because, yeah. because uh, I mean, it was so funny when you were talking to me about her before this. I was like, all oh, right, yeah, yeah. So she does the voiceover, and I kind of didn't really think about it. And then as soon as you played it, I was like, oh my god, she's yeah, been in my voice. hands yeah. for years. <laughs> and you know what's really funny? Having her in Australia because my phone's in Spanish. Right. When she's in, in Australia, she has to pronounce indigenous place names oh, no. and like quirky. Australian names and she can't do it and it's <laughs> it's like kind of jars <laughs> it's like woo loo and what where do you stand on the dubbing debate Lily well I 
do find, I mean, sometimes it's really done well and we enjoy it, but I, I find it difficult to be honest. If I know the voices, I find it hard hearing Spanish people doing them. Like, you know, if it's an actress or an actor that I know, I kind of want to hear their performance raw. Um, but if it's a series that I've never watched, uh, like we've started watching Bob's Burgers in Spanish, I prefer it in Spanish because mm. that's just how I'll always know it. Yeah. Animation. What do you think? Well, animation is a different thing. I and mean, one yeah. of the things that really is really well done, has always been really well done, is The Simpsons. That's really oh, well. Oh, right. Yeah, it's really well dubbed. But I mean, I just, no, I, I'm on the side of, I just, I, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with it. Mm. I feel, I feel like the voices, you know, like I said, the voices are all kind of too similar. Um, and also, I just feel that you're losing so much of the performance of that actor. It's true. To, to want to watch it. I understand all the reasons that, uh, that, um, Nikki came up with, you know, that some people can't, you know, can't keep mm. up with subtitles mm. and things like that. But yeah, I mean, look at you just look at how people in Portugal speak English uh, compared to how people in Spain speak English. And yeah, a lot the, of their abilities. Do, exactly. Yeah. A lot of that to do is with not having dub TV. And so unless you are a Patreon subscriber, one of our patrons, all that is left this week now is Lily's roundup of other news that caught our eye. Okay, first up, we have 3 billion euros in new national energy funding aimed at further shielding 40% of Spanish households, particularly the low-income families, from high energy costs this winter. Briefly, they include a new regulated rate for neighbouring communities that have common boilers or heating systems, further discounts of electricity social bonus, and a discount of 40% on energy bills for working low-income households. Next up, Ukraine has joined Spain and Portugal in their bid to host the 2030 FIFA World Cup. The Spanish and Portuguese football federations announced the news on Wednesday in what they hailed as an act of European solidarity. And lastly, there's been a bear sighting at a town in Castilla y León. A taxi driver spotted a brown bear wandering the streets of Ponferrada at dawn on Tuesday. Police said their patrols found the bear near a river and guided him towards a nearby mountain. And he's fine and everyone's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, Lily. Let's wrap it up there then. That was episode three of season two of La Portada podcast. Unless, of course, you are a Patreon subscriber, in which case there will be some extra content with a breakdown of Spanish newspapers and online news sites with myself and media consultant Adrián Bono. This episode was recorded on October the 14th in the city of Madrid. Your hosts were Lily Mayers and me, Simon Hunter. And providing technical support and armchair punditry was Connor Doyle. Don't forget to get in touch. Our socials are at La Portada Pod and our email is laportadapod at gmail.com. You can also tweet us directly at Simon in Madrid and at Lily Mayers. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review on your podcast provider and give us some money on Patreon. Just enough for a relaxing cup of café con leche in Plaza Mayor. We are not asking much. Hasta la semana que viene. Hasta luego. Hasta luego.